coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. And he thinks I'm super cool. Sure, Jan. You're inside the fortress, listening to the Time to Talk show. Be sure to find us on all good podcast apps. That's Apple, iHeart, Spotify. They're the three good ones. You can probably find us on some not-so-good ones as well. Just type in Time to Talk Australia. And you can also find us on Facebook. I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but we have a page. And it's very confusing. And as I decided to put this out during this podcast, I realized I wonder why I didn't make the page the same name as the show. I don't know. But look us up on the golden age of pop culture. That's our page. That's us. Well, it was the year of the soft rock anthem. When I see you smile, Janie's got a gun, blaze of glory and blue sky mine for those Australian listeners. But 1990 was also the year of Lambada, Groove is in the Heart, Summer Rain and Love Will Lead You Back. God bless you, Taylor Dane. In looking back at 1990, it became crystal clear to me that this was a hot year for music. Hot, hot, hot. And today we are looking back on the top five highest charting 1990 singles in Australia and the UK. And we're joined by Lee. Hello, Lee. Hello. I, I, I recognise about three of those songs that you said. It must be an Australian thing. I like them actually now. I hated them at the time. They've grown on me. I think that they're sort of that easy listening genre. Yeah, yeah. 1990 was a very strange year when I looked at the charts. It was, like you say, it was a lot of kind of novelty records in the UK, a yeah. lot of soft rock, a lot of a lot of your, your fellow countrymen coming over here. Um, it was the invasion. <laughs> it was. It was. I think it was coming to the end of the invasion, but we still had Craig McLaughlin. He was here. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry and, about uh, that. <laughs> Check one, two. Apparently, that's what he was. Um, his band were called. Um, that's it. So yeah, odd an odd year for music. Odd year for music. Now, listen, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about 1990. I'm curious to know. I deliberately haven't looked up the UK charts, so I don't know if we align in the top five, what landed in the top five. But before we do, I wanted to mention a couple of quick things. Kylie's got a new song out with Ollie. I keep calling him Ollie Murs, but it's Ollie Alexander. I've been picked up on that in two podcasts now. <laughs> yes, from years totally and years. Totally different beans, right? Yes, years and years. How good is a minute, uh, sorry, a second to midnight? I, I, look, I like it. I really, really like it. It's not It's not my favourite, um, oh, but it's, it's good. And, and I'm liking What about some the video? The, the video is kind of really strange. It's. Um, I, I watched it twice before I realised that they swapped faces. Um, I'm. I'm like going. There's something a bit odd here. And then I, I realised had aged really badly. <laughs> I was like, "What have they done?" And oh no, they've swapped. I don't know why. I don't know what the story is behind it. I'm. I'm loving the um, what do I have to do recreation of that mm. outfit, um, mm. but it's an odd video. It's not got a huge budget, has it? It's not got a. 
after listening and watching it a few times, it is, oh, I hate to say it, but it's genius. It's really good. The way that they've cut, there's been so much more thought than at first glance. Mm. The chopping, like the fact that you and I didn't pick up that at the first, that's deliberate, you know. They've, they've chopped those scenes in so quickly. Uh, anyway, it's it's a really good song too. I, I It's really grown on me. It's up there. I'm very excited. I also got to say, Madam X, right? I've been waiting for two years for this um, release. This is Madonna's live performance of two years ago where she did the theatre shows. And now she's uh, finally. I, I knew. I, I knew I should be concerned, and my concerns have been realised when she locked herself away literally for two years. We haven't really seen her besides the odd Instagram snap. Guess what she's been doing? Madonna should never be allowed near the editing suite. So it's finally released on Paramount after much ado and much wait, and it's awful, Lee. It's terrible. There isn't. I, I said eight seconds in the chat to you. There's not a single scene that goes for more than five seconds. It's just like a seizure on the screen. Oh. So there are no kind of like blonde ambition style performance. Exactly. Okay. Like when you watch a live experience, you want to be in your living room feeling like you're somewhat part of that experience, particularly here. It was in a theater. So with Intimate and mm. Live, Kylie's Intimate and Live, for example, very simplistic film style. You do feel like you're there to a degree. This is just shocking like it's it's video clips it's black and white she reverses the screen upside down she puts effects all over the screen like blood shots and da, 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 sound oh. effects she looks different from shot to shot and i'm not even joking I, i'm sure it must be deliberate actually because it's so obvious her hair might be all buffy in one and then it's really really tight which feeds into that idea that apparently 80 percent of this show was shot without the audience because she went back it's oh, really disappointing. Okay. I wanted to watch Madame X. I didn't get to see it. I wanted to watch it, and I'm only able to watch it a couple of songs at a time because it's very, very exhausting. You, you see, I didn't want to watch Madame X. I didn't like Madame X as an album. I think I said in the chat, mm. I, I listened to it once, hated it. Listened to it twice, still hated it, and then I never listened to it again. So <laughs> it was It was never... I never thought, oh, I need to go. I kind of looked at the, the set list and thought, no. But I just saw her on, on Jimmy Fallon last night and i think i personally think she looks great i really do but you're absolutely 100 percent right that she looks nothing like those photos nothing that like that out. at all no uh -huh. bless her i don't I, I i think she's you know i think she's earned if she wants to be a crazy old lady she's earned it <laughs> go for it um i have no qualms with that i just like you i'm a bit sad i'm a bit like Oh, well, crazy, actually, old lady. <laughs> crazy old cat lady. Um, I just wish oh. that the real Madonna, like Slim Slady said, Slim Slim Slade, Slim Shady said, "Will the real Madonna please stand up? Um, please stand up. Just, please yeah, stand up. Please stand up. But not for too long, because I know your knees are a bit dodgy." Oh, stop um, it, Lee. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> she can stand up, but she might lean a bit to the right. <laughs> Oh, dear. Shall we move back into the 1990s where it was a happier place and Madonna was younger and firmer? <laughs> we had Vogue, and that's fine. That's all we need to remember. <laughs> yes, we did have Vogue in this chart, that's for sure. Spoiler alert. Okay, so I reckon we should work backwards, um, five through to one, because that's what they used to do on the top 40 radio shows. And okay. I'll do... I'll take the, the Australian charts and you can take the UK. What was number five in 1990 on the singles chart end of year? It was 
a dance track, a dance featuring Seal with Killer. It kind of goes do, 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 do. It's, um, yeah, it, I'm surprised that wasn't a big hit in Australia because it was like a massive, massive hit all across Europe and, and, and America. Okay, I've remembered it now. So it very along the lines of almost like um, Black Box and CC Music Factory of the day. It's sort of that sound, right? Yeah, kind of rave, because rave was massive in, yes. in the in the nineties. So yeah, it was. It, I think it was. A, I think they'd had a an original version and then another version with Seal. Mustn't listen to this song without uh, laser beams, sort of going from the the roof and down into the audience. That's what you need. Yeah, a bit of dry ice. Going. Yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do you want to know what was number five in Australia in nineteen ninety? Go for it. So over 70,000, which by UK standards is nothing, wouldn't even make the top 100. But number five in Australia by the end of 1990 was All I Want to Do Is Make Love To You by the band Heart. They were the two two ladies with the huge hair and the massive shoulder pads. Um, well, that was every woman in 1990, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were very. Were they sisters? One was blonde. One was very sort of dark hair. Um, rock chicks. They did that, and then they they did um, alone. How can I get you alone? But I thought that was like kind of mid 80s. So I'm surprised that that was a hit in 1990. Well, there you go. And it's never, never gone off the charts because any easy listening channel around the world, I'm pretty sure this is on on heavy rotation. (laughs) Still. What was your number four? (laughs) (laughs) Number four, the kind of novelty. It was Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Baby. Yeah, that it, again. That wasn't my kind of thing either. He was if he was he was like huge for like six months and then disappeared completely. Got his kit off with Madonna. She's in everything, isn't she? She's really six degrees of separation in pop music as Always. to Madonna. Um, she attached herself like like to any healthy, you know, host. <laughs> she just attached herself to it. He did the sex book, didn't he? He was in the sex book with well, her. Well, they had an affair as well. Because because he yeah he became quite he became a bit of a, a joke, didn't he? After after Ice Ice Baby, after um, he, it was because of <laughs> <laughs> stop collaborating and listen. Um, I was about from, to say, didn't he get sued eventually? Because this, when you go back and listen to, it was it under pressure, under pressure. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Dun, dun. But yeah, Ice Ice Baby. It's it's fun though. It's it's it will never die because well, so long as karaoke lives, this will never die. No, no. And he had a hilarious real name, didn't he? He was called like Robert Van Winkle. Um, <laughs> was he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never knew that. 
That was his actual name. <laughs> do you think do you think it was a good decision to change it when he was trying to make himself a big name? Do you think somebody rap? sat there in the record company and said, do you know what, Robert? I think we're going to have to have to kind of reassess the name because Van Winkle <laughs> isn't so, going to cut it in a hip hop exactly. community. <laughs> so, Robert, you, you want to be big in rap. Is that it? Okay. All right. I've, I've heard your voice. It's a good voice. You've, you've got a style. I like the hair. But I, I, we're going to have to do something about the name. We're going to have to change the name. What's wrong with Van Wink? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have gone well, would it? <laughs> no, bless. Bless him. <laughs> Can we never, ever on this show refer to him as Vanilla Ice again? He must always be Robert Van Winkle. <laughs> Bob Van Winkle. <laughs> Van Winkle. <laughs> There's something very humorous about that, isn't there? It sounds like Rumpelstiltskin. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> yeah, or some and really Bob. evil um, like nursery rhyme or old fable from back in the day, right? Yeah. Wasn't there, like there was a Van Winkle who slept for four. 40 days or nights or years, wasn't it? Was that that Rumpelstiltskin who made who trapped the girl in the tower and made her spin her hair into gold? Yeah, <laughs> she, it, no, hay, wasn't it? Or straw. He used to, it was a horribly like sexist that. thing. He used to lock her in the tower and, and yeah, say, you've got a bale of hay, turn it into gold. And when he realised she could do it, then every night it became more and more hay. Yes, and then she put she. There was hair involved because she grew her hair long, didn't she? No, that was Rapunzel. That was Rapunzel. Uh, oh, so many. <laughs> How cutting edge is this discussion? We're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone out there will know who this Van Winkle was. I'm sure he slept. I think it was Rip Van was Winkle. Sleeping. Oh, That's was it? That's it. Yes, Rip Van Rip. Winkle. Did he sleep? Was it something to do with sleeping? I think so. Did he make people go to sleep? I don't know. I don't know. Can someone leave a comment, please? We need to answer this now. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. My number four is, uh, well, I think this lady recently passed away. It must have been Love, Roxette. Oh, she did, yes, about a year Didn't she ago. go out with Jason Donovan? I don't know. Were well, these the ones that sang, ah, I don't care? Was that the same no. band? Oh. No. Who was they that? Transvision Rock- Vamp or something? Yes, Transvision Vamp, yeah. Roxette were from Sweden. They were, like, huge. Um, oh. And um, I think that was from, was that from Pretty Woman? That song from the soundtrack been, to Pretty yes, Woman? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We really did our homework before this podcast. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. They looked the same, didn't they? Transvision Vamp Woman, who went out with Jason Donovan, looked a little bit like this lady who's passed away from Roxette. Possibly. I th- I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking she had very, well, they both had bleach blonde hair. Kind yes. of spiky. Um, yes. He was called P- Per Gessel or Per Gessel, P E R, and she was Marie Fredrickson. Um, ah. Yeah. They yes. both had like the same hair but different colours. His was brown, <laughs> hers was blonde. Um, <laughs> oh, they were awesome though, Roxette. They, they were, had they were the, so many hits, didn't they? They were. The real deal, these guys. I remember the album Look Sharp. And um, mm. it was like it wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but you could tell this was the 
it was the real deal. I'm sure they were creating mm. the music themselves. Yeah, they had an amazing greatest hits album out. It's sort of like oh. mid '90s, late '90s, and it was called "Don't Bore Us, Get to the Chorus," which is the most amazing um, title for for an album ever because they were kind of like all about the big choruses. Chorus, chorus. Yeah, yeah. Mm, he's mm. still around. He's he's still touring as as Pear Gessel's Roxette and has. Oh, um, stop it. No, isn't that a little is. bit sacrilegious? I mean, isn't that a... Oh, no, stop. I think they'd come to they'd come to an agreement because um, she'd obviously become quite poorly and couldn't tour um, and, and kind of gave her permission and said, look, I can't tour, um, but, you know, you go for it. I think they were still recording quite quite soon up until she died, um, but she she just didn't physically have the ability to tour, so he she would... She was very like, sick. For yeah, a long she was, yeah. Time. I think she mm. went into remission and she was okay for a while, and then it when it came back, it um really sad because she was she seemed like a lovely lady. Um, but but yeah, yeah, he 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 does have Peg Peg Gessel's rock set. Um, it feels a bit a, strange. Would you go and? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know think so. I don't think so. I'm I'm hoping that he doesn't have like somebody dressed as her come on stage. <gasps> Stop um, it, Lee. Th- that would of not. Of course, be, he wouldn't. No, that would not be good. Although um, there's a long tradition of this, isn't there? When uh, Michael Hutchins passed away, they went through about five different people fronting that. I think Terence Trent Darby was even. Yes. Yeah. Um, for, and then they had John Stevens, I think, who was an Australian rocker. Um, who else did this? There was a few other bands that that. There was a few, well. wasn't there? Didn't didn't did Wet Wet Wet? They replaced um, yes. Marty Pello with somebody. Yes. Um, there. But you know what? Oh. You know they could have went down this track. Like there was a band in Australia called Girlfriend, and when one of them left in a big like as girl groups tend to do, a big fight and drama and front page stories, they just went. We're not going to call ourselves girlfriend anymore. We're going to be called GF4. Oh, or like, was it? Is it Menudo that that kind of Latin American boy band that um, Ricky Martin came from? And it was a bit like Logan's Run when you reached kind of seventeen. They jettisoned you Out. and replaced you with somebody else. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm afraid as soon as you grew a pubic hair, you were out the door. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, I shouldn't be so rude. This man has a right. I mean, I suppose he wrote the music. He's proud of the music, and I'm sure she'd be all for it. So why not, in a way? I was just a bit shocked to hear that he was, you know, she passed away, and now he's still doing his tours. But what was your number three over there in the UK? Number three was old Dame Elton John with um, (laughs) Sacrifice B-side Healing Hands. How good is the new one, though? How good is the... Have you heard the Dua Lipa? I don't like it. You don't like it? I hated it the first time I heard it. And then Megs, he kept playing it over and over. Because he said, you must like this, and, and eventually I had to go, okay, I love it now. I'm not sure. Um, well, it's from his uh, 1990 album called uh, Sleeping in the Past, or actually I think it was released before the 90s. Um, but he had there was another song that came first before this one, but I remember this was, this was huge in Australia mm. too. Huge in the sense that I don't think it ever went kaboom to number one necessarily but it lingered on the charts forever and it still does doesn't it this song is like one of yeah. those easy listening tracks um the, i think the, the the video was with him in the 
sort of like the studio with the kind of Kosaki hat on and um you know what did you call it? For. Kosaki hat kind of like <laughs> Russian fur hat kind of <laughs> Kosaki hat it sounds like something Cossack. I'd order from Sushi Bar. <laughs> Russian hat, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the other song, the B side. I think he went bleach blonde himself. It must have been the bleach blonde era, mustn't it? I'm sure that he mm. had this Kasaki hat, if I'm pronouncing it right, <laughs> with the bleach blonde. Definitely round spectacles. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, very bleach blonde. The little round spectacles. Um, I don't think he'd invested in the weave yet. Um, <laughs> oh, stop! That's so rude. Um, looking, I, I don't remember healing hands at all. And apparently, on, on, in the UK, the the track two of the of the twelve inch single was a song called "Love Is a Cannibal" from the from the motion picture Ghostbusters two. We haven't heard of it. There's a good reason. Number three in Australia, Vogue. What else is there to say? It was ah. the, 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 num, the third highest charting song of 1990 in Australia was Madonna's Vogue. Uh, look, quick recap. It was never meant to be a single. It was always going to be a B-side to keep it together, I think. Um, was it, yeah, was it from Was it from the um, Dick Tracy. Breathless album? Yeah, and it, and, and it was kind of like a song that she tacked on at the end and the record company yes. went, oh, Mm. Do you reckon doing... that's a song of her career, or because a lot of people argue "Like a Virgin" will always be the song of her career? Oh, perhaps it's a song of that era of for her. I think she had like a run of of like there was Vogue, there was like a prayer, there was mm. Express Yourself. Um, I think those those are the songs that she always tends to perform, no matter what tour she's no doing. No matter what. Um, the Madam X version is, yeah, I like it actually, it's got the, t- the typewriter, it goes ching, she got the little typewriter going, I love it. Ah. Well, there's not much else to say about Vogue. What was number two in the UK in 1990? Number two was a cover of a Prince song and it was probably this performer's biggest hit ever. It was um, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. It's been seven hours and I have to ask you a question. What does Sinead O'Connor do after she's finished brushing her hair? She doesn't brush her hair because she hasn't got any. <laughs> well, she pulls up her pants. Oh, no, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I was actually only talking to someone about this song the other day. Prince... Prince wrote this, and even though I love Sinead's, uh, is it Sinead or Sinead, do you reckon? I think it's Sinead. Let's go Sinead. So Sinead's version is amazing, and it just would not go away from the top of the charts for so long here in Australia, at least. Uh, It was there forever, it seemed. Beautiful video clip. So lovely to see someone who looked different and um, there was something so real about her. None of us knew who she was. I didn't know how, you know, poor lady, she's got some serious mm. mental health issues, but <clears throat> we didn't know what we were in for. But this was, like, unbelievable. She just, she looked so beautiful. She did, In that video, she looked absolutely stunning with, like, the mm. very minimal makeup and just her face and then the tear that rolls down her face sort of mm. towards the end. Um yeah, it's 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 fantastic, and I think it was her like biggest hit. I don't think she had 
if she if she did, I don't remember any other. I think she had a one called Mandinka that perhaps was before um, Nothing Compares to You, but I don't remember any other songs. No, I don't remember any other songs either. I remember her album <clears throat> been a big success, so there must have been other songs on it. She talks about that she had a very, very uh, awful experience with Prince, where Prince chased her around a table or something like that. Wow. She says that I mean, there was a violent episode. Sounds a bit Benny Hill, but I'm sure it was not. Um, <laughs> well, didn't she absolutely destroy her career within months of this song by ripping did, up the yeah. picture of the Pope? Yeah, and in America, where you know you do not do things like that, and that was that. That was the end of her career. I Why think. did she do it anyway? Was she protesting? You know, probably hypocrisy of some kind, pedophilia or I something. I think or? so, uh, because she uh, <clears throat> she was Catholic herself. She's brought up Catholic. I don't know mm. if it was kind of like a um, sort of like a, a protest against the sexual abuse that had been going on in the churches in Ireland and she was kind of making a point um, mm. I don't really know it, it, it was covered in the news here um, but I don't think we cared that much to the extent that we wanted to ban her from, from the country no. as America did no so she did do a song, like it was only a cover, with Annie Lennox, Kylie Minogue, Natalie Imbruglia, Imbruglia and her, they all, all four of them, if you look up on YouTube, they did um, oh, some song out there. With um, with the guy from the Eurythmics, was that on like some sort of TV show or some tour or something? Something like that. It's not very good, I have to say. Um, <clears throat> and it was it, the reason it fascinated me is because Sinead, has gone out of her way to make offensive comments about ev- nearly every other artist of the 1990s, including Kylie. Absolutely, like, in true Sinead form, not just a little bitchy, small pot shot. She absolutely mm. went for Kylie's jugular. She can't sing. Like, it makes me sick when people like her are on the chart. And then years later, there, you know, it's a testament to Kylie, quite frankly. She's up there singing alongside her. Talking about Madonna, number two on the Australian end of year 1990 charts, Lee. Did you know that she used to complain bitterly about having to live next door to MC Hammer? Madonna did. Yeah, because apparently it was very, very noisy. Every single Saturday morning without fail, it was Hammer time. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is slightly better than the Sinead O'Connor joke. <laughs> but only... But only... I genuinely believed you for a second, and I'm like, what did he do? Was it... I was literally thinking, was he doing that dance all the time, annoying her? Back I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You could have fit four Madonnas in those parachute pants. Yeah, so number two you in 1990 this. in Australia was You Can't Touch This. It was torturous. God, this man literally wanted to be you know, a respected rap artist. Uh, what was he thinking when he put this out, hey? Again, wasn't that his kind of like only hit or perhaps one of his only hit? I remember him being like Vanilla Ice, massive everywhere mm. i think there was a cartoon show with him in um there was i'm sure he was in um didn't he do a song for the adams family weird, weird al yankovic i mean what doesn't he do a parody of he did a parody of this song called i can't watch this capital records was releasing this and they did this marketing campaign they mailed out free cassette singles remember singles of the yes. track a hundred thousand of them and they wrote they sent them to these kids for free 
across the United States, and it had a letter from MC Hammer himself asking them to call MTV to request the video. And then it did. It became the, the most played video of the year on MTV. Wow. They wouldn't be allowed to do that nowadays, would they? Well, they just wouldn't do it nowadays. Um, but uh, Well, it's, yeah. it does seem a bit like cheating, doesn't it? I've got to say. But this was the big controversy of the time, wasn't it? Super Freak by Rick James. Greedy Rick James said, yeah, sure, they bought it. But I didn't know it was going to be used on such a, you know, frivolous song and it's damaging my reputation. But then apparently he was quite happy when he saw the royalties gr- rolling in. But then he had a, then he got a bee in his bonnet about not getting a writing credit. So they had to go to court and I'm sure they settled out of court for the writing credit. God, people in music, seriously. Like you've sold a bit of your song, it gets to be big and then you want to argue over other things afterwards. Mm. It's, it reminds me of that man who did the thing on Thriller. What was it? Vince Price did the. Yes, the, Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah, the for the song Thriller, word. he did that, and he was the one that made. He never stopped talking about it to the day that he died. About how he only got a thousand dollars for it. It's like, well, mate, that's what you did. That's what the agreement was. There was nothing below the yeah. belt about that deal. And if you had good lawyers, I would imagine they would go, "No, you need to be saying, we want a cut. If this is a hit, we want royalties from my bit. Thank you." Um, because Michael Jackson was a big star then, so it's not like you would be going, oh, I don't know if it's going to be a hit. You'd be like, no, it is. So looking at MC Hammer in the UK, he, mm. he, he You Can't Touch This was, was number three hit, and then he had a couple more, and then there was there was Too Legit to Quit. Too Legit! Too Legit oh, to Quit, which I yes, vaguely I remember. remember. And yeah. then the Adams Family one. But then he rele- he was he continued releasing singles all the way through up until 2012. None of them charted anywhere um, in the Thank world. Thank God for that. His last, his last single was in 2012, which was Gangnam Style mashed up with Too Legit to Quit. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you for real? <laughs> it's what it's oh, saying here. That, we must look that up. We must look that up. Number one in the UK, and I can't even pick it. I really, really can't. Number one in the UK for 1990 was a re-release of a very, very old song. Uh, again, it came from a film. It came from the um, um, the film with Demi Moore and um, Patrick Swayze, oh, no. Ghost. It was Unchained oh, no. Melody by the oh, Righteous no. Brothers. This song, oh, didn't it haunt us in 1990? If you liked it, good for you. If you didn't, you were doomed. Yeah, and it was the biggest-selling song of 1990 in the UK. Um, I was at number one for, like, 12 years. Um, And, yeah, I could never look at a a, a pottery wheel again after after this song. (laughs) All right, go on, own up. Have you ever done that with someone? (laughs) Never. You know, it's not that easy to get a hold of a pottery wheel. <laughs> so it's not for what of trying. No, they tend to be in kind of like colleges and they frown on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> hey, no, it wasn't sexual. It was tender. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, wasn't that a scene and a half? Wow. I I liked it, but yeah, it was just overplayed at the time. It really was. It was, yeah, not so good. Do you want to know the number one in Australia in 1990? Edge of my seat, waiting. <laughs> Don't fall off. It's <laughs> probably an anticlimax. 
It's Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. It's the oh. biggest selling song. I've got to say, one thing I didn't mention is Prince's version. I actually much prefer him. He's he never does the same version twice. Prince he always mixes it up when he when he does live. So you can only you can get recorded versions of this from Prince, but mm. he performed it live lots and lots of times. I really love his versions of these songs. Yeah. I also yeah. like the Doctor's advice. I mean, I've never. Yeah. Have you ever had that advice from a doctor before? Or you better have fun before yeah. you. No die matter or what something. you do. Yes. Um, no, I've had a doctor say you need a holiday, and I said, "Well, are you going to pay for it?" And he said, "Next." <laughs> um, but, <I'm... laughs> but I've never had a doctor tell me to have fun before. <laughs> Boy, you better try to have fun, no matter what you do. And did you did you call him a fool on your way out? The one who suggested a holiday. I just went. Oh, okay. Hey, Lee. You've got some things to plug, don't you? You're, you've got lots of... If people want to find you, you've got podcasts, you've got TV shows. Oh, yeah, I'm everywhere. You're me. a multimedia icon. Yeah, earning not a cent from any of them. Um, so, I yes, I, <laughs> I do a... I am a co-presenter of a LGBT-themed um, television show slash podcast slash whatever that is called Chewing the Cud. And people can find that if they type in at thecud.tv on YouTube and those kind of places. Yes. Um, I do a radio show on a Sunday evening. I talk quirk, um, and that is called Sunday Late and Live. And again, that's on a everything's a podcast nowadays. So again, people can type Sunday at Sunday Late and Live. They will find that, and they can listen. Sunday to Late and Live. Okay. Yeah. So it goes out live, but then it, it's recorded and goes out as a podcast during the week. Oh. Um, and then finally, my newest one is is a, a podcast with some friends. It's, we are called Pop Gays of a Certain Age, and we are we are a group of friends who just talk about pop music. We have a different theme, um, so we've done funeral songs that we want to have played at our funerals, cheerful stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a laugh again. And if you that is on Spotify, if you type in at Pop Gays, um, and yeah, you, basically you can just live your life listening to me. Just finally, Lee, 1990, 2021, for music. Oh. Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, at the risk of sounding like an old fossil, I'm looking at the, the top 40 for 1990, and there's some good ones in there in the UK, so I'm going to go with 1990. Oh, now, Lee, look, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been too long since we've caught up, so I appreciate it. You are I more hope than people welcome. go and look you up. <laughs> 